freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 268 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan. Our theme today is virtual 2020 Second Amendment DC rally. Cheryl, the theme can't be longer than the whole thing, okay? <laughs> All right. Well, then we'll have to talk longer so that our we can guest, balance that. Yeah. And our guest today is Jara Hutchins. Uh, she's a firearms trainer, operator, entrepreneur, I, a business, <laughs> a business person, and a motivational. Why speaker. do you put those big words in there? She has a footprint in fighting human trafficking. Works with the and provides investigations for the FBI Violent Crime Task Force, and runs her nonprofit, uh, Women's Awareness and Defense Endeavor, Wade, which provides self-defense education for low-income women and single mothers. Welcome to the show, Miss Jara. So excited. I've been wanting to do this show for a long time. Awesome. <laughs> well, and I've been wanting to have you on. And sometimes <sighs> I feel like I have already had somebody on and then I go and check my, check the, the tapes. Right. And it's like, oh no, what am I thinking? I've got <laughs> to, you know, synchronize my calendars with Jara immediately. It's awesome that she's doing this. I mean, you, you look at in our area, how many low income single women that really need help. Absolutely. And we're going to definitely dive into that. But first, I wanted to, um, with your your grace and your permission, Miss Jarrah, talk about something that happened just yesterday. Uh, you know, real life comes at us pretty fast. And we are sitting in the studio on Monday, October 14th of 2020. Um, and something really significant happened uh, on the job for you yesterday. Would you talk us talk to us about that? Yeah, uh, we, so I work with a, a company in Dallas that is uh, part of, a, of a, a security firm and we help uh, patrol in, uh, high crime neighborhoods. Uh, we assist DPD in, uh, and also the FBI Violent Crime Task Force with investigations, uh, surveillance, um, and then general protection. So we're a supplement. And I think that when people think of what secure, what security personnel actually do, I think that sometimes it's a little skewed. Now, I do think there are companies out there that don't take it as seriously as they should because security personnel essentially are the, the most front of front line. Um, in addition to, uh, you know, LEO, LEOs. So 
we uh, we do that work with uh, the the Dallas Police Department and uh, and the FBI. And last night we we had an incident at one of the apartment complexes that we work with, and there was a, a man who was shot in the parking lot of the apartment complex. Um, we don't have a lot of details yet. As you can imagine, investigations take time. Uh, but my partner and I were uh, just around the corner um, of the parking lot. We uh, were, uh, we heard gunshots out of nowhere and we were the first, we were the closest people. We were the first people to get there. And uh, we missed the uh, shooter by mere seconds. Um, he had, uh, run away and we are actively pursuing him at this time. We had to render immediate aid to the victim, uh, which, uh, my partner, uh, is a, a veteran of the Marine Corps and we are highly trained to respond to those kind of situations. So he immediately jumped on that. Uh, I secured the scene. Um, I called for the ambulance, uh, and it's it's not. I think th that people don't really understand how fast this could happen, and it doesn't necessarily boundary itself into one place, you know. And that's that's one thing when I teach my classes that I always tell my students is there are no safe places, there are only safe people. Mm. And one person can come into an environment and change the dynamic of that environment immediately. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but when we talk about things like that, Cheryl, you know, we, we are labeled as fear mongers. And really what we are doing is wanting to get the word out that the, the danger is real and that you should, you should take time in your calendar to prepare yourself for that if, okay, you know, there are a lot of people that go their whole lives without having any violent encounters. There are some people that are predisposed for violent encounters because of their job. And what happened last night um, was a reminder to me that preparedness has to be achieved at all times. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, if, if you're a fear monger, then uh, how about the people who put safety belts on their cars? Yeah. <laughs> Because, yeah. you know, I mean, you could go your whole life without having an accident in a car, right? You, you but could, you're just absolutely. preparing, you're preparing yourself. That's the whole purpose of this is to prepare yourself and be ready for things. Doesn't mean that you have to hide in corners, right? But you need to prepare yourself. Yeah, um, and violence can be, you know, violence can be predicted. Um, I'm reading this really great book right now called The Gift of Fear. And I highly recommend it for uh, anyone, especially people in the Second Amendment community, because the idea that these things just happen at random and, and they can't be, you can't learn uh, enough about the psyche as a, as a civilian or as just a general human being to be able to better predict um, danger is, is just a falsehood. It's an absolute falsehood. And we, uh, and so, you know, what happened last night was it, it happened in a, in a matter of seconds. Um, you have to respond in a matter of seconds. And when we, when we tell people things like you should take a medical class or you should have an individual first aid kit with hemostatic agents and, and chest, you know, and, and, uh, uh, chest seals and, 
shears and, and things like that, you know, they, they look at us like we're nuts. And then when it really goes down, you, we were prepared for that. You know, like we were prepared to do that because we carry a tourniquet and we carry these items and we take time in our, in our month to train our minds and our bodies to be able to respond to things like that. And it, if more people would just do it, I'm telling you, it would make a difference. Um, do you mind if I ask, uh, did the person, the individual who was injured, did, did he or she make it? As far as I know, yes. Um, the reports that we got from the hospital last night do indicate um, that the person is in stable condition, um, but there were they were hit twice, um, and it was a, it was a very very scary incident. And I can't. It sometimes it's hard for me to put into words um, how important you know. And and this situation that happened last night is just an indicator of how important our police are. Um, the police were there, I bet in, in like 90 seconds, um, after we had, you know, we, uh, after we had already begun to render aid and they were just fantastic at, at doing what they do. I mean, the response was immediate. And so I think that this whole idea of, you know, defund the police or, you know, we don't need them or we need to replace them. You know, I'm not saying that we can't supplement them with people who who do understand you know mental illness um i'm not saying that we can't do that but if you if you are living in a city right now and you think that you need less police you are you're not the elevator doesn't go all the way up it just doesn't <laughs> I, I know a lot that. of people like that i love that that the elevator doesn't go all the yeah, way up yeah. just in general maybe yeah. <laughs> on on multiple issues um well thank you so much for uh for what you do and, and for being trained, you and your partner very well could have made all the difference between life and death in that situation and, and reacting so quickly, it, it could have maybe caused the person that was inflicting damage to, you know, stop what they were doing. I mean, who knows exactly, but uh, very often it is the presence of good people uh, doing good people things that uh, prevent and stop uh, people who have nefarious um, ideas and- Well, and, and one more thing, you know, I have to say that it, it's a testament of the company itself. Um, and, you know, tier one is a fantastic security firm. Um, I'm actually a part owner in it now. And uh, the original owner is one of our state representatives uh, in Texas, Tony Tenderholt. And he, he actually, he came up, got out of bed, came up to the scene to check on us, uh, takes it very seriously, takes our training very seriously. And so I think that, you know, more security firms across the country could take notes mm -hmm. <clears throat> from this company about how much you actually need to invest in the training of your people. Because I feel like if it was if it, if it was anyone else, I mean, if it, I, I've seen a myriad of security individuals in a myriad of firms, and I'm telling you, if it was almost anyone else, they would not have been able to get it done. Fear would have taken over, emotion would have ruled, and you would not have had the mindset to comp compartmentalize what you needed to do um, versus the, the fear that, that was there. Oh, absolutely. Because who knows if bad guy is done doing bad guy things as you're rendering aid, bad guy could come back and do more bad guy things. So, um, bad, bad guy would have had a bad day. There was, 
<laughs> I love it. All right. So going back to, uh, you know, what Dan was going to talk about was, you know, the way the women's awareness and defense endeavor, uh, talk to us about what that is and, and how you came to, uh, work with this nonprofit that provides self-defense education for low-income women and single mothers specifically. I, I, uh, founded that last year. And when I started my company, so I've been teaching, I've been teaching firearms for about 10 years and it started out as part-time. It started out as, you know, just my friends wanting to learn. And then they would tell their friends that I didn't know. And it was just kind of this domino effect. And then out of nowhere, I had a business and I went full-time with it uh, at the tail end of 2017. And in 2019, um, after I had, you know, collected some data, you know, I have a, you know, I have a clientele. And I'm starting to understand this feedback that I'm getting. And the, the disheartening part was that there were women that would say, I really want this training, but I can't afford it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really need to know this, but there's no way I can pay you X, Y, Z dollars, you know, mm-hmm. and that's a thing. I mean, mm-hmm. we see it in it. We see it in a lot of other situations, you know, like healthcare and things like that. So Um, I, you know, kind of, I prayed over it and I really felt like God was leading me to, you know, start a nonprofit. Now this is not a huge nonprofit. Um, our 501c3 paperwork is still pending, but we, uh, I, I did a a general raise on social media and got a few thousand dollars and use, I use that money to take single moms and low income. That's literally the factors. That's all you have to be is either a single mom or low income uh, female and who wants to learn this. Because if we, if we break down, you know, social and socioeconomic situations, you really can pinpoint people who do need this training the most, um, who are playing multiple um, familial roles, um, who don't have an extra person to lean on. Um, and and those are what, you know, single moms and low-income women are. And so we need to, we need to help them. We need to be uh, giving of our time and giving back, you know, into the community. And one thing that the department of public safety tried to tell me when I was going down to get my license to carry instructor certification in 2017 was that I would never make a full-time living teaching guns and doing license to carry. And I told them to hold my beer because, (laughs) They clearly did not understand the, the absurdly underserved markets that we have in the United States, which are women in minority communities. And so uh, I came back and I was, I was blessed to do really well in my business um, and it took off right from the start. And so we, we have to continue to find ways uh, to give back because we have such precious knowledge. We have such precious just just bits and just brain snacks in our head that we need to be giving out um, to other people and we can't just hold it close to the vest um, for for people for only people who can afford it we have to give of our time uh, and we have to and, and not only you know we're not only just imparting a precious skill uh, on to others but we're showing people the true, value the true nature and the true importance of the second amendment. And that is so, so important, especially right now. 
Well, Jared, with all the uh, new gun owners, I mean, we have what, 2 million new gun owners in the last couple Five months? Million. 5 million. And there Easily. are a lot of women in there. Or we've seen several women that are, are new to firearm ownership. And, you know, a lot of the women have kids in the house and there's so much to be learned. And I really appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. I mean, and, and on top of the fact that you know, human trafficking as, as a subject is getting a lot of traction right now. I'm excited to see it. Uh, we need to, we need to continue that fight and single moms are the primary target in human trafficking. I mean, if you look at statistics, um, you know, these, these kids aren't being snatched up from their daddies. Mm -hmm. Okay. They're looking for moms. They're looking for unprepared, unaware, and unarmed mothers. Mm -hmm. And so I would dare say that women and mothers have an even larger responsibility to train and gain knowledge because we are soft targets. Uh, men are natural deterrents. It doesn't mean that they don't need to train. It doesn't mean that their heads don't need to be on swivels, especially around kids. It just means that we are the bigger targets. And so we need to prepare ourselves more. Absolutely. And the, the whole idea of, um, you know, human trafficking, it, I don't know why it was the subject that was so hard for people to even start talking about, but it was probably four years ago or so we had a local Arizona um, lady who was running for office. I don't think she was actually a politician at the time uh, who that was kind of one of her main issues. And every time she spoke, people would get kind of like mm, crazy town. I don't know what she's talking about. And I even felt like I had to use a lot of qualifying language uh, in my interview with her because it did sound kind of, you know, out there. Like, is this really happening in, in this time and, you know, in the 2000s that people are being snatched up and enslaved and trafficked for money? And um, I, I am thankful that it, it is having a much wider uh, conversation that where it's accepted to at least, you know, not feel like you are a crazy person for, for understanding that, that this is one of the things that bad people do. It's denial. It's, and it's always been denial. Um, you know, the same thing, the, the same scenario happens when we talk about sexual assault and rape victims. Mm. It's people are like, well, that doesn't happen to me mm. or, I don't know anybody that's been raped. No, you do. They just haven't told you. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and it was, that was a huge subject. And, it, and I had a very passionate response uh, last year when I testified at the gun rights hearings that came through Dallas. Uh, and, and we had a, a panel of our house representatives, which was just a, I, I've got to tell you what a pathetic group of individuals, what a pathetic <laughs> But what do you really group. mean? What do you, what do you really feel? Yeah. You're, you're holding what back. A, Tell us what you, <laughs> what a, what a sub par group of human beings hmm. to sit in a position of authority. Hmm. I mean, you could tell even the people that ran on a two, a platform, you could tell that most of them there didn't care. It was an obligation for them. They only want to be reelected. They only want to retain power. And I told them point blank that, if there are, if there are 350,000 rapes and sexual assaults, and I think that's the number from the, the FBI statistic, that's just what's reported. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. If there are 350,000 rapes and sexual assaults reported in the United States every year, I think that's just the statistic every year, I will keep my second amendment rights uninfringed mm-hmm. and you can kiss my whole ass. If you think <laughs> that you are going to come at me and tell me that I am going to be b- boundaried in any way mm-hmm. from exercising those rights. I'm over it. I'm absolutely over it. I'm tired of people thinking that they can say, well, what if you did this instead of that? And I'm like, honey, I just saw somebody get shot last night. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like before 10 PM. Okay. Mm-hmm. I saw somebody, like I saw somebody get shot last night. I had to deal with that. If you think that this isn't a problem right now, you are living in Narnia mm-hmm. and you have, we have got to start getting people thinking. Okay. And we have to quit letting the PC rules of society dictate our space. Quit telling women that they have to be nice instead of having a voice. Okay. I'm all about civil discourse. I truly am. I think that's the way that problems get solved. But at the end of the day, if somebody can't be reasoned with, we have another alternative. I'm not, I'm not inciting violence. I'm not promoting violence, but what I am telling you is if it comes down to brass tacks and it's between me and you, your ass is getting shot. Mm -hmm. And that's just the deal. Okay. And so we have to quit telling women that they can't demand their personal space. We have to quit pretending like these sexual harassments and sexual assaults aren't happening in the workplace. We have to quit saying, well, men just do this. Men just, you know, this is just a thing. It's not just a thing. It's, we have to go ahead. We have to rewrite what proper behavior is. And Mm -hmm. we've, and we haven't been doing it for the entire history of this country and beyond. Okay. Mm -hmm. We as women, and no offense, I know that you're probably a wonderful man. Okay. (laughs) But I'm beginning to wonder now. (laughs) We we as women have always bore a heavy cost. Mm -hmm. We have always bore a heavy cost and we have always had less rights and less of a voice and less than, and we have to start being the women whose past stories we have applauded. Okay. We have to start being those women instead of just reading about those women and going, that was really cool that they did that. And then having it in our heads that they didn't have to go through a bunch of BS to get there, that they weren't arrested for trying to vote, that they weren't hung in the streets for, or beaten in the streets for fighting for the right to just be a human, just, you know, I'm just a human. It doesn't matter if I'm black or white or Asian, okay? And and furthermore, we have to quit pretending that our that our celebrated historical figures weren't wrong a lot. Because well, they human, were. Right? There's there's the human me. factor. And <laughs> and yes, no. if we are the 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 most empowered uh, generation that we become the women that we want to applaud, then that does impact the men around us because it, it helps them to be better at, at who they are. It helps us raise the next generation of men and women. And so absolutely, because we don't live in a vacuum and because you know we, we can recognize that we have an amazing history as a nation with a lot of you know stairs, uh, tears and stains in the fabric. Uh, it doesn't serve anybody to, to um, over-focus on 
either the good or the bad, but to, to make it a complete package and, and learn. And we have to stop. Yes. And we have to stop vilifying good men. Absolutely. We have to stop right. and we have to stop vilifying masculinity too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I married a strong woman who raised a strong daughter who is raising strong granddaughters. So I, I'm happy for that. And you know sometimes he's but, happy. But for that. what you're what you're saying is you're what, what you're saying is you're also completely outnumbered. I'm this is totally outnumbered, but that's okay. <laughs> I like it because you know what? I also feel really protected. But Jira, um, you know, the government is going, hey, just let the government be bigger. If you'll just help us be bigger, we'll protect you. Oh, and we all know that we are the first responders. There's no way that anyone can, you can take the best police force in the country, which there are a lot of good ones. They can't be there first, just like with your situation last night. You can't be the first ones there all the time. Right. You and can't. Physics, physics dictates that it's impossible. It literally right. comes down to one thing. Physics dictates that it's impossible. And so any and every politician, uh, any elected official sitting in a seat right now needs to remember, and, and this is very simple, the, the media complicates it, social media complicates it, illogical people and uneducated people complicate it. But at the end of the day, the only thing that they need to know is that their job is not to keep us individually safe. Their job is to keep us free. Right. Absolutely. That's, that's 100%. So that is a great segue to um, the, the title of our show today, the virtual uh, 2020 Second Amendment rally that was supposed to be held live in DC this year, as it was last year. Uh, but COVID, right? Everything is still, you know, everything's there's unrest, there's COVID, there's all kind of considerations. And so we've gone virtual with it. And you are one of our speakers this year. And I am so excited to hear what you have to say. And I wonder if maybe you can give us just the tiniest little sneak peek about what you might talk about on Saturday, October 24th, when we go live with this virtual rally. Yes. Um, I, well, I, I, actually, I think that's where I first met you was at the actual rally last year. Yes. Uh, when we all went to DC and I'd been following you for quite some time before that. Um, but so that was super cool. And I think that rally was very, very well uh, executed. And I was super proud of everyone that had a role in doing that. It was just such an awesome experience. Uh, and I, I think that when I was, and, and I was very honored to ask, uh, to be asked to speak this year. And um, I said this, I, I went on another podcast a couple of weeks ago, um, Patrick Bet David's podcast. And uh, he was like, he was basically like, where did you come from? Because he sat through one of my license to carry classes. And he was like, hey, I've never heard of you. Like, where did you come from? And I was like, well, that's kind of by design because I never really wanted to do this. You know, I didn't want to be a Cheryl Todd or an Anna Paulina or, um, you know, I, I didn't want to be, you know, a Candace Owens or, you know, anything like that. I just wanted to teach people how to shoot guns. And the more that I dove into it and the more that I got asked to come to different events, not necessarily to speak at anything, just to come to different events. And I know that this is going to sound really harsh, but I, I constantly saw many, many women that could not articulate well the message that we needed to get out. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to be a big part of what I'm going to talk about uh, in my speech for the rally is we have to, we have to stop 
letting, and I know this is going to sound horrible, but we have to stop letting the, our entire world revolve around what other people think our calendar should be filled with. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, I had a, I had a very cleansing conversation with a mom who's one of my clients the other day. And she was like, I really want to get this done. Like she had taken an intro to handgun lesson for me. She wanted to get licensed to carry and she just can't seem to make that scheduling work. And I said, honey, I'm going to tell you something and you're not going to like it, but you're going to have to skip a game. Okay. Your kid is not going to be 30 years old and go, mom, do you remember the time you didn't make the one game and it's just scarred me for life? Okay. You have to, your calendar is the most important thing and what you fill it with and what you use the finite amount of time that you have in this world doing is very important and your children are very important, but you being able to physically defend your children is more important than being at every soccer game. That's the truth. And so you're going to have to work this into your calendar mama, because at the end of the day, if, and when it comes you are not going to be prepared. And it's the number one question that I pose to all of the women that take my group classes is, are you sitting in your chair right now? And as it stands right now, can you physically defend your children? And I promise you the answer is no. I promise you it is, okay? So we've got to get you to the point where your answer is yes. And the only way that we are gonna get you there is a commitment of time. And this is something that you may, you may be absent from your children for a few hours here and a few hours there, but look at the example that you are setting for your sons and daughters about their safety being a priority. Because I have had young women in college come to me for training and I'm like, well, where are you at? Like, where do we need to begin? Are we starting from scratch? Have you had any kind of training? And they're like, no, our parents just tell us to be careful. <laughs> well, how? What how does that even you? mean? What What's define careful? You know, we have to get there. And this is, this is the issue that we have is we have this sort of false sense of security around these words that we tell our children, like we're going to speak protection over them. And you can pray for your kids all day long. Okay. I am a God fearing woman, but I can tell you instances in the Bible. I'm writing a book right now called the Christian principles of self-defense, because it is imperative that we understand that you have the right to it, even though you're a Christian, Jesus talks about that in the Bible. And you can't be a warrior for God and you can't spread his good news if you just let yourself roll out and be a victim. Your life, your life is supposed to be precious to you on this earth in certain aspects. And you have to, ha you have to understand that. So I'm gonna talk about that. I'm gonna talk about time management for female carry holders, because that's important. Okay. And if, if Starbucks and wine with your friends and going to every one of your kids games and, uh, you know, being lazy and, you know, binge watching Yellowstone. Okay. All those things are cool, but you've got to have some priorities here. We love Yellowstone. Me, I lo oh, you, I love you Yellowstone. Hit a hot button. We love that show. <laughs> Don't you, don't you think I didn't spend an entire Sunday binge watching Yellowstone, but what was I doing five days of the rest of the week? I was training people to do guns. I was shooting myself. You've got to figure out that time yes. management continuum. And it's a thing. Okay. 
it's a, it's a new skill that you have to develop, especially if you didn't grow up like this, you got to get used to carrying a gun on your body, just like you're used to having a purse and a cell phone and don't forget your glasses and where are my car keys. It's got to be a thing that's on your list of stuff that you have to have when you walk out the door. And so I'm really wanting to hit that home because I'm really tired of women living in la la land when it comes to their safety. And then out of nowhere, something happens to them and they're like, man, I wish I would have. Yes. You know, the, the five words that you don't ever want to say yes. is I wish I would have, because instead of being the rape victim or the mugging victim or the home invasion victim, you can thwart that mm-hmm. most of the time. Okay. By working on your own physical defense and your own situational awareness. Okay. And if you're not working on those things, you're not doing it right. Because let me tell you something, especially in the work that I do, if you're not working on your physical fitness, somebody in prison is. Mm. Boy, that's the truth. Okay. And so we, it's, it's the trifecta. It's the mindset, the physical fitness and the firearms training or the weapons training. That is so well said. And that prioritization and, and the idea that, you know, when you're, you're talking to that specific mom and, you know, she feels so honor bound, you know, so parent bound to make every single game. That's awesome. That's wonderful. But at the exclusion of other things your children need, like um, somebody who could help save <laughs> their life. Um, I, I feel like, you know, there's some room in there to maybe, you know, do both. Right. Oh, I, I even have like, I even have two vetted childcare people, um, at my disposal for some of these classes because I get and get this. And Hey, if your husband listening to this right now, if your father listening to this right now, and you're trying to poo poo your wife going to get this training, cause you don't want to like man up and watch the kids on a Sunday afternoon by yourself. Okay. You need to, you need to have several seats because this is one of the biggest issues that I have with moms trying to take my training is, well, my husband can't watch the kids. My husband can't do this. You need to tell your husband to man up and be a dad, Mm -hmm. because this is a skill that you need. He can't Mm -hmm. be the only one that can do it. And I'll tell you something, half the husbands that I come across can't do it either because they're shitty shots. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's all right. We, we are a family PG show, but I don't think anybody's going to die from one little essay. Sorry. No, you're fine. (laughs) And so at what point can you make it, um, something that now, you know, it's a women's only thing that you're doing. I think that's great. But if there's a daughter, like at what age can she join mom? And now she's learning along with. Oh, I like them. I like them to be around 10. It really Mm -hmm. depends on their maturity level Mm -hmm. and how, how well they can take instructions. But you know, I've got kids, uh, two kids that take lessons from me every two weeks. Um, and they are, uh, 10 and 12 and they are, I'm, when I tell you they're ready to get into a draw from holster class, I'm not lying to you. Mm-hmm. Like they are, their mom was very adamant about them doing this and about them getting trained because when she goes, by the time that they're going to go to college, I'm not going to have to worry nearly as much mm-hmm. about their, because it takes time to learn this. It takes time for your cognitive abilities to get used to being that aware mm-hmm. um, or, or getting used to the process that it takes to be safe. It takes time. So that's one of the things that I think that we are all combating in this pandemic is the fine line between, between come and learn from us and we told you so. 
Mm-hmm. We told you that this was going to happen. We told you that you would, would never be able to predict when the when we would find ourselves in, in this kind of world that we live in right now, but we are here. Mm-hmm. And those of us who have spent years uh, preparing ourselves for something like this, whether it happened or whether it never happened, are going, hey, now we've got 5 million new gun owners that are begging us for training. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I want them to get the training, but a lot of these people, a lot of the new gun owners that I know, they've been following me for five years on social media. You mean to tell me you didn't have a few hours here and there over five years? Is that what you're trying to tell me? And my, I run my business on your schedule. I, I have said repeatedly on social media that if you need to do this at six o'clock in the morning, I'm going to get my butt up at six o'clock in the morning with my, you can go to hell and I will go to Texas coffee cup and we're going to get this done. Okay. Like I'm, I'm here for you. And so you're telling me that you won't let me work around your schedule. It has nothing to do with that. You're fearful. Mm-hmm. You're fearful and you're letting other things be a priority. And let me tell you something, nothing, nothing is a priority over your safety. Nothing. Because if you don't, if you're not safe, you're not living. Mm-hmm. And if you're not living, you can't go to Starbucks and you can't go have one with your friends and you can't binge watch Yellowstone, right? You can't do any of those things if you're dead, right? And be at your so kids' games. Yeah. And be sure. at your kids' games. For sure. Wow. So we're going to lighten it up a little bit, just a little <laughs> bit. Okay. Jira. I, but I agree with you. I mean, I, I, I said, and first of all, I said, and you know, I've, I've been around the sun a couple of times and I remember when domestic violence was a, just starting to be a thing. It was kind of like, it was almost accepted. Mm. No one did anything about it. It was never on the news. Right. And then, right. And then finally that stepped up. And I think we're going to see that uh, with trafficking that they're going to start stepping up as soon as enough people say, Hey, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Cause they're not covering it on the news. But we're so going to like domestic violence and human trafficking is how you lighten up. No, I, no, no, yeah. <laughs> no. What I'm no, no, you're not understanding what I'm saying is okay. Not, so there was no need talk. Some bourbon back here. No, <laughs> there was no talk about domestic violence for a long time. Right. And then people finally woke up and said, "Hey, there's domestic violence. Yes. There's people that need." Yes. Now you know a lot of people are ignoring the traffic. No, I get it. I'm just okay. teasing. All right. Okay. I want to make sure <laughs> because it's a serious matter. But I do want to lighten it up a little bit and. You know, I go to as many rallies as I can. And, you know, people have come up to me and said, you know, all we're attracting is the people that already know mm. what's going on. Mm. So are we just preaching to the choir? And I'd like your opinion on that. You're, you're right. Uh, I think halfway um, or that person that asked you that was about halfway right. But here's the thing. Uh, I think we need to do a better job of befriending people outside of our normal circles. Um, and, and one thing that I, that I did myself that I discovered was really awesome uh, was, you know, we, we have to go and be the minority. We have to go and be the minority. So um, I, uh, I met up with Mosh Trey uh, and he came and did a Black Guns Matter event uh, over here in Dallas with me. And uh, I went to dinner with them and it was the first time in my entire life that I'd ever been the minority at a dinner table. And I listened, all I did was listen. And when you do that, you actually start to piece together, you know, this whole thing is such a circus right now, but when you start to listen to people in civil discourse, when you're the minority at the dinner table, you start to understand what the African-American community is actually fighting for. 
Um, and it is logical. It's just some people are doing it in, a, in, in an illogical fashion. And so I think if we did a better job of going outside of our comfort zone in our own social circles and started talking to people that believe differently than us um, in, in a civil manner, we could uh, invite people, those, those kind of people to these rallies. Because if we're looking at it right now, I think a lot of the people that are new gun owners this year are minority community. Uh, people in the minority community. So we need to be inviting them to the rallies. Um, we need to be, uh, we need to stop saying such divisive things at our own rallies um, because I think it's, it's turning people off. Uh, yeah. So we need to be, we need to be, we need to choose our words a little more wisely because they do have weight. But let's also remember that just because we are all part of this huge second amendment community doesn't mean that we all have logic okay and so i think that we do we're not preaching to the choir unless our message is always the same so we need to we need to shake the message up a little bit and i think one of the things that we could be talking about that we might not really be talking about are the situation that happened in st louis with the mccloskeys um we the second there are a lot of the people in the second amendment community are like yay raw guns Okay, they did so good. And then I feel like the logical people in the Second Amendment community are going, okay, so just because something's justified doesn't make it reasonable. Mm -hmm. Okay, and we have to be thinking about that because we can't, we have to rein in our own radicals. And we can't be afraid to do that because, and I think that some of us are because some of our radicals have big platforms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so sometimes we're afraid to stand up to our own radicals that have platforms and go, hey, you need to be a little bit more logical about that. Um, I, had, I, had an, an, I had a disagreement. It didn't result in anything negative between us. We're still friends. But I had a disagreement with a very prominent Second Amendment influencer about this. And I was like, just because they had the right to stand out in their yard with their guns does not make what they did reasonable. And she had exactly zero reason to flag those people with a firearm. And if they would have had a plan, because this is what happens when you have guns and no plan. Hmm. I mean, Rob Pincus said that. This mm -hmm. is what happens when you have guns and no plan. If you would have had a plan, if you would have had some training, you would have taken yourself in the house and you would have been vigilant and at the ready with your firearms instead of drawing unnecessary and potentially violent attention to yourself when you were in a position where you could not have thwarted that. Even mm -hmm. with violence, you had what, 38 rounds and, and one gun that wasn't even operational for what, 300, two, 300 people? Doesn't make any sense. You're putting yourself in a, a tombstone situation immediately where Wyatt Earp's trying to arrest Curly Bill and Ike Clanton doesn't like it. And he's like, law don't go around here, law dog. Okay. And then he's got to make a decision about, hey, man, you die first. Your friends might get me in a rush, but I'm going to get you. Well, what does that matter mm -hmm. in the McCloskey situation? That's mm -hmm. all they did. So do I feel like they deserve to go to jail or be charged with anything? No, I don't. But I think they did something that was really stupid and they need to realize that what they did was really stupid so that it doesn't happen again. And we, as the Second Amendment community, need to help them understand that and then welcome them into the community with open arms. We always have to educate, but we also have to be open to that criticism. Right. You know, police that get a lot of training sometimes, 
I mean, a lot of trading sometimes make mistakes because it's a split second. You have to make a decision in a split second whether or not you're going to defend yourself or not. So I understand I that. And if they would have had more training, they probably would not have done what they did. What they did was completely unnecessary. And just because they had the right to do it to me is irrelevant. Right. 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 Well, the other side you know. likes to set up these, you know, all or nothing, black or white arguments. And then I think a lot of times we get in a defensive stance and, and a reactionary posture and just start framing our conversations in response to the black and white that somebody else set up for us. I think we can be more logical, more nuanced, and and not just choose off of the menu that the anti-rights people, the gun prohib prohibitionists have set up for us, and instead form our own conversations uh, around the full topic and all the different nuanced pieces of it. Um, so for, for that, I, oh, and that's, I, and that's a huge issue. I, that's a huge issue. Um, and, and people will, they, they, people on our side don't want to give people a choice as to their own defense. Your defense is always going to be your decision. And if you choose to have no defense, that's still your decision that you get yes. to have. So if anti-gun people don't want to have a defense, that's fine. I haven't met a single anti-gunner that's come to take one of my classes that hasn't had their views changed. Not one. Because when you actually put them in the physical situation where they have to make the choice, they, they, their mind changes rapidly, but they may not, but, but they still may not want to have an AR. Yeah. They still may not, you know what I mean? And that's okay. It's, it's whatever you want. Okay. Right. It's however you want to do it. But another thing that, that is, that is being done that is very disappointing is that we don't have any elected officials that are, and that's one of the things that I pointed out in the gun rights hearings last year is I went back through every single one of their social medias for two years prior and no elected official. It's like, it's so taboo to talk about. And we've got to normalize this again. That's the mm -hmm. problem is it's become, it hasn't be, it's not normal anymore. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so we have to normalize our right to self-defense and not a single one of those elected officials was ever on social media, publicly, publicly encouraging the citizens of their districts to gain for themselves a defense education in order to combat crime, combat violence, and combat mass violence. And once again, physics determines that the only people that can purposefully respond to situations like that are the people that are already there. We have to empower the civilian gun owner. We have to give them places to practice, and we have to encourage them to do this on a regular basis. And that's just it. That's the solution. It's right there in front of you. Boy, hey, absolutely. I have a I have a question. You said you went to dinner with Maj and uh, you had dinner with him, right? <laughs> yeah. Did did he actually eat? He, Danny has a theory that Maj talks all eat. the way through dinner, doesn't eat, and just takes everything <laughs> to go. I have never seen him eat food. And if you, next time you see him, you tell him I said that he never eats. Now right? that you mention it, I don't think he ate. I, he, he <laughs> now didn't. that you mention it. He took it but to the room with him. Yeah. And he and he has and he has a lot to say about, you know, and I don't think that I don't think there's a person on earth that agrees with him 100% of the time. Um, but I but the but the biggest respect that I have for him is he says what he says, and he sticks to it. And he doesn't really care who gets mad about it. Right. And yeah. that's yeah. And that's one of the things that we have to continue to do is I'm going to continue to have the stance 
that the McCloskeys didn't need to do what they did. I'm going to continue to stand by my statement of you buying a gun and not doing anything with it is really, really dumb. I'm going to continue to stand by that stance. Now, if you come to me for training, I'm going to be the most patient, kind, beautiful individual that you've ever met because I want you to have a good experience and I want you to get where you need to go and I want you to feel comfortable and I want you to lose that anxiety. But I'm not going to tell you that the, that the things that you are doing are making any sense just because I want you to be a client. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. So yeah. don't ask me unless you want the, the true answer. And that's what I love about some of these social media influencers that just, they stand by what they say and it makes sense. And I understand that logic doesn't equal ratings, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to be illogical for that. That's fantastic. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you hundred percent. And, and Maj gets a lot of conversations started and helps people figure out, well, wh where do I stand on this thing? And, uh, you know, we need actually more of our elected officials to have that kind of spine and backbone. And uh, I think that's where we, people like you and I, and all the people listening, they can participate in that process because if our representatives actually hear from us once in a while, right? If we actually have relationships with them and let them know what we're thinking and who we are as people, uh, they can represent us better and understand that we do have their back because the other side is extremely vocal and so they think their majority is that vocal and they're not the they majority, think. but they are because they're the ones that are speaking. Absolutely. If you don't ask for a cookie, you're not going to get one. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. All right. We have got to fly. Um, any final thoughts on that, Miss Jarrah? And please tell folks how they can uh, follow the work that you do. Please just go out and support uh, your local gun range, support that business, um, get some training. Um, also, if you own or run a gun range, um, you need to be open to teaching and loving on a myriad of people. So quit being weirdo tactical Tommies about everything and poo-pooing people's gear. Okay. Help them work with what they've got and what they can afford. And you can find me on Facebook, Parlor, and Instagram at Clearing the Chamber. Hearing awesome. the chamber, Miss Jarrah Hutchins, thank you so much for all that you do, for taking the time to be here with us today. And I very much look forward to hearing your speech. By the time this airs, it'll be tomorrow when we're hearing your speech, because that will be on Saturday, October 25th for the big rally. Thank you so much, Miss Jarrah. Bye-bye. You're welcome. It was my pleasure. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye. Well, that was awesome. Yes. You know, oh my gosh. She, she made me tired. I need a nap now. <laughs> She's fiery and I love it. And I think we need more people that, you know, are impassioned, you know, they're not just, you know, saying what's popular or, you know, um, kind of going along to get along like she was suggesting some people do. Um, but truly, living out what they believe right. and helping others in the process. I, I like some of the things she was talking about, like, you know, questioning the, the high influencers of whatever you believe in, you know, mm -hmm. like questioning Maj or me questioning you, uh, things like that, you know, uh, let's not it's get, sometimes let's not dangerous. Get crazy, Dan. It's sometimes let's not go too far. It's some dangerous. Questioning me. But, what you do know, you even yeah. <laughs> but you know, we see um, uh, Maj didn't get where he got today by just talking he listened 
And he may not agreed with you at the time, but he agreed with a piece of it. You know, and he takes all these pieces and puts them together and comes up with his conclusions. True and he story. reads a lot too. And the same with us too. I mean, we're learning every day. Every and day. I don't have, I don't know what to say about the people in St. Louis. I, I don't know enough about that story, but it is a scary thing. If somebody's coming at your house and they're going to tear your house, you know, you, how far are they going to go? Mm. Well, you have to be prepared for that. Well, it would say logical sense would be to stop it before it gets there. Right. So they went out to stop it before it started. Yeah, but in the meantime, but, they didn't. Right, but they didn't do enough training. Concealment and coverage. Right, right. And no, there, there were so much things that I think training could have helped a lot with. But, um, but anyway, yes, I mean, learning every day. When she said that, uh, when Jara said, you know, I never sought to be a, a Candace Owens or a Anna Polina or a Cheryl Todd, I'm thinking, I, Cheryl Todd didn't seek to, to do any of this. It was this desire to learn this, this, recognition that i didn't well, have turn, your, turn your headphones off for a second the the intelligence and our and ability to articulate that made me want to interview experts right. and stick a microphone in front of them but yeah. what, what turn am I your doing? microphone off for i mean your headsets off for a second because la 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 no cheryl is uh what you are really good at is getting people together mm. and and connecting and things like that and that's you know it's all a piece there's a puzzle it's a puzzle mm-hmm. and you have maj that he can speak this way, mm-hmm. you speak this way, she speaks that way. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's the whole point is, so we all get together. That. And about the rallies. Okay, so yes, there are um, the same people, we're seeing the same people we're talking, but you know what, she's a motivational speaker. And what is the whole purpose of the rally is to motivate us to spread the word and to Absolutely. spread the knowledge. And now we know if we're knowing when he, somebody in Texas that needs training, we can call. Absolutely. Right? I love that she's offering free training to people that can't afford it. But we have got to get out of here. Oh. This was such an awesome time. Thank you so much to our, our awesome guest, Jara Hutchins of Clearing the Chamber and Wade Women's Awareness and Defense Endeavor. Uh, thank you to our listeners. Yes. Uh, as Jara stated, your time is your most finite and precious commodity. And when you spend it with us, that's everything. And then when you take these conversations into your spheres of influence, holy cow, we couldn't ask for more than that. Um, whether you're watching us on YouTube, GunStreamer on the smartphone app called OpsLens, or whether you're on our website, listening audio only at gunfreedomradio.com. Click the on-demand tab and Ben's listens to your heart's content, darling. I never say darling at the end of that, you but otherwise you did perfect. That was you that said um, it. Or click the guest tab uh, to see all the photos and bios and links to all the guests we've ever had. And it's a great resource. We do not hate it when you spend time there. Um, until next time, pray for our nation we are coming up on the big election it's gonna be a doozy a doozy it's gonna be a doozy uh pray for our our representatives our leaders the people that are put in positions of responsibility all of them all of them dan even the ones you don't like i wish we'd vote the ones i don't like out so it'd be a lot easier that's our that's our job we have a chance as citizens right to chance. be an informed uh voting public 
Because um, who would not like any representative that's doing their job? And their job is to, to protect, protect and defend Constitution. the Constitution of right. the United that's States. It. I mean, I don't, I could not like you because you, you talk funny or whatever, but <laughs> whatever. But if you follow that Constitution, I'm going to love you. Yes. So all of them, praying for all of them, even the ones we don't like, especially the ones we don't like, be good to each other. Have a great week. And God bless. Bye-bye.